Welcome to Real Faith, the podcast where we explore the intersection between culture, faith and youth work. I'm Stephen Mitchell and I'll be your host today. Each episode, we'll look at a different film or series and discuss it in depth, exploring the themes within it and how we can use it with the young people we work with. We'll cover everything from action to horror, comic book movies to comedies. So normally on the podcast, we look at a film or TV show and discuss it in depth and look at the themes and and how it can be used with the young people that we work with. But I don't have a discussion episode for this week. The next one is my discussion with Tim Coleman on Scream 2022. So rather than not have an episode this week, I thought I would do something a little different, but similar to my Finding God in the Gore episode that I released a few weeks ago. In that episode, I explored why I enjoy horror films, and why I think they can be used as a tool for discussion with young people. You see, horror has always been a huge passion of mine. And in the past, I struggled with how I I could align horror movies with my Christian faith. But in the last decade or so, I realised what an important genre horror is, and what a great discussion starter it can be with young people. Now I don't want to repeat myself, so go ahead and listen to that episode if you want to hear more about those views and and why I think horror movies are really important. So over the the Christmas period I I watched the Chucky TV series on Now TV and it, it got me thinking about representation in horror and what a progressive genre it can be And so I wanted to explore that a little bit in this episode. I might do an episode like this every so often. So if there's a particular theme or movie or idea you'd like me to reflect on, then please do get in touch on Facebook or Twitter. It doesn't have to be around the horror genre either. Anyway, with that ramble out of the way, let's get into today's episode. So... What is Chucky the TV series? Well, it's a continuation of the killer doll horror that started with Child's Play in 1988. It was written by Don Mancini and directed by Tom Holland. No, not that one. Or the other one, actually. The the story centred on Andy, a six-year-old boy who got a good guy doll called Chucky for his birthday. What he didn't realise, though, was that Chucky the doll had been possessed by the serial killer Charles Lee Ray just before he was killed by the police. And so using an ancient voodoo spell, he transferred his soul from his body into the body of the good guy toy. The film was a moderate success and, and was followed up by two sequels, Child's Play 2 in 1990, considered the best of the original trilogy, and Child's Play 3 in 1991. If you haven't heard of of any of the other movies, you'll probably have heard of Child's Play 3, because it's the most famous in the UK due to its involvement in the James Bulger murder case in 1993. It was claimed that the film may have inspired James's killers. The series stalled after that until 1998, when creator Don Mancini reinvented the series with Bride of Chucky where 
In the movie, Chucky tracked down his old girlfriend, Tiffany, when he was human, obviously, and transferred her soul into a female doll. Now, Chucky was no longer a slasher film. Instead, it was a self-referential horror comedy, much like many things in the late 90s. Watching it now, it is very 90s, but has become something of a camp postmodern classic. Seed of Chucky followed in 2004, this time written and directed by Don Mancini. This was the first of the Chucky movies to be directed by him as well. In this one, Chucky and Tiffany have a child, Glenda slash Glenn, who identifies as gender fluid. You're probably thinking, how do they have a child? And it's probably best not to think about that too much. A series of films about a killer-possessed doll aren't probably meant to be taken too seriously. With Seed of Chucky, the, the horror from the original trilogy was completely gone, and in its place was a love letter to queer cinema. Don Mancini, the creator, writer, director, who himself is gay, has recently said that he always intended the Child's Play films to be queer, but was unable to make that explicit within the original trilogy. As society has become more accepting of other definitions of gender and sexuality, Mancini has been able to make these themes more explicit in his films. But then in 2013, Chucky returned in Curse of Chucky, which stripped away all of that postmodern self-referencing of Bride and Seed and upped the horror once again. The film follows Nika, played by the daughter of Brad Dorf, who has voiced Chucky in all of the films. Chucky invades Nika's home and kills all of her family, framing her for the murders and ultimately sending her to an asylum. Cult of Chucky followed in 2017 and brought Alex Vincent, who played Andy in the original films, back. In Cult of Chucky, he stars as a grown-up Andy, who is trying to track down and kill Chucky once and for all. In the movie, Chucky learns to split his soul into many parts, a little bit like Voldemort in the Harry Potter series, and transfers them into a number of dolls, but also into Nika, and so he possesses Nika as well. There was a reboot in 2019 of Child's Play starring Mark Hamill as the voice of Chucky, but that didn't have anything to do with Don Mancini and, and really stands outside of the Chucky timeline. So this brings us up to 2021 with the Chucky TV series. Don Mancini has returned to write and direct this eight-part series, which brings all the different elements from the films, including all the different characters who have appeared across all of the films. Chucky in, in Child's Play, then, is, is probably one of the few horror franchises where you can actually write a timeline, where all of the films are part of the same universe. This isn't the same with the Halloween series or Friday the 13th or even Nightmare on Elm Street that, that divert all over the place. But there is a through line through all of these Child's Play and Chucky films. And the Chucky TV series is a fun, gory horror and it's, it's definitely worth a watch. It's rated 18, and rated 18 for a reason. But the series takes place after the events of the Cult of Chucky. And in the city of Hackensack, New Jersey, 14-year-old Jake Wheeler buys a good guy doll at a yard sale to use in his contemporary art project. 
He later discovers that the doll is possessed by the soul of serial killer Charles Lee Ray. And Jake soon becomes a suspect in a series of strange events involving the doll, who unleashes a wave of shocking murders around the town. Some of the boy's classmates will also see themselves linked to these events. In addition, a series of flashbacks explore Charles' past as a seemingly normal kid who somehow becomes one of Hackensack's most notorious killers. The series stars mostly teenagers and has been advertised as a coming-of-rage story. The series ultimately tackles themes of sexuality, bullying, domestic life and murder. And in fact, the main character, Jake Wheeler, finds himself prompted to homicidal acts by the doll, while also struggling with his crush on classmate Devon, and other issues that arise from being gay in unaccepting environments. Thanks to Wikipedia for that concise summary. So what has all this got to do with representation? Well, thinking about it, the Child's Play series has always been at the forefront of representation. And the TV series is a great example of that. From gender-fluid children to a main character who's struggling with his sexuality, Don Mancini has never been afraid to put queer themes at the centre of the Chucky universe. I've spoken before about the fact that I'm a cis-heterosexual white male. I've never had a lack of representation on screen. I've seen lots of people in movies and TV who had the same experiences of me, who look a little bit like me. You know, I've always taken representation for granted. I've never struggled to go, where am I on screen? Where am I in this TV series? Because I've always been able to see people who look like me or, or talk like me or who have a similar background to me. And it's fair to say that others have not always had that. But by putting a gay teenager front and centre of the Chucky TV series, Mancini is giving a voice to a whole range of teenagers who may never have seen themselves at the centre of a story before, who have never seen themselves in a TV show, who have never seen themselves so deftly written. Representation in popular culture is so important as it demonstrates that everybody has a place in the world. For many, popular culture is the primary way that we learn about people who are different from us. And both entertainment and news media are powerful forces in creating and perpetuating negative cultural stereotypes, especially those from a minority background, whether that be race, sexuality, gender, etc. Cultural representation, then, is also important because people feel seen and validated when they see characters like themselves. So representation then works in, in two ways. It works to help us as the viewer understand and empathise and see people who are different to us. But it also validates us when we see people like us who have similar experiences. It makes us feel included. It makes us feel accepted and allows us then to accept others who we might consider to be different from us. Now this is primarily a Christian youth work podcast. 
I come from a Christian perspective. I chose to become a Christian when I was 15. And so much of my views are, are shaped by my religious beliefs. And the podcast focuses on youth work because from, from the age of 18 up till now, I've been involved in youth work. My, my, my career, my vocation has been in youth work. And, and so some of you may be listening and you may come from a, a different theological position from me. You may disagree with, with some of the things that I'm saying and some of the views that I believe. And that's okay. I believe that, that Christianity uh, as a religion is big enough to hold those views. And, and I work for a church, the United Reformed Church, that, that tries to hold those different views, that the spectrum of belief within the Christian faith. And as this is a Christian youth work podcast, you may come from a background that is different to me and you may have different beliefs to me. But I hope as a youth worker that you see how important representation is and how important it is that we give and allow spaces for this in our youth work practice. That representation in our youth work practice is so important, both with the young people that we work with but also from what the young people see from the front. And obviously this isn't just to do with horror media. Think of the reaction that Black Panther had when it was released. In our Spider-Man No Way Home episode that I got released a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how great it was that many of the main characters in the film were from different ethnic backgrounds. And they were cast to show diversity. Traditionally, in the comics, the characters of MJ or, or Flash Thompson were stereotypically white. But in this new trilogy of films, Marvel wanted to be different. They wanted to show other people. They wanted other people to see themselves on screen. And so I go back to that question that we've actually asked again and again on this podcast so far. How do we show diversity in our youth work practice? It's so important that we think about representation. Specifically, if, if we're going to show clips or, or different types of media, thinking about that, thinking about the, the images, the, the, the icons that we might use. Are we being diverse? Are we allowing for, for true representation there. Ultimately, let's help the young people that we work with feel seen, that they can be more of themselves. Because when they, they feel that they are themselves and can be themselves, they will integrate more with the group. They will take more ownership. They will take a more active role. Now, as I said, I'm a huge horror fan and, and the horror genre hasn't always been perfect about representation with its representation of race, sexuality and, and, and gender. But right now, I feel that horror works harder at representation than any other genre. If we think back to the 90s and the slew of slasher films that came after Scream, they all had strong female characters at the centre. And that's what's so great about the Scream franchise, that right at the heart of the Scream franchise is Sydney 
Prescott. That's what makes it a scream film, because it focuses on her and her journey and her character. So think of that series or think of the I Know What You Did Last Summer series. Again, strong females at the centre of it. They were strong, independent and had agency. And, and there has been some great recent examples within the horror genre of remakes and reimaginings of films from the 80s and the 90s. Films like uh, Slumber Party Massacre, which was released last year, which depicts strong women and, and, and really turns some of the slasher stereotypes on its head. It's a really fun, really sharp, satirical film. The remake of Black Christmas, which is a film I didn't enjoy a huge amount, but again has a, has a group of women at the centre fighting against patriarchy. And The Craft, which is synonymous with... 90s feminism the the new version again i didn't love it but but i think it had some really great stuff to say around representation and also what's great is that these films are written and directed by women and have strong female characters as the protagonists representation of the black community also hasn't been great but there have been some great recent examples, specifically the work of Jordan Peele, if we think of films like Get Out and Us, and, and hopefully his, his new one, Nope, which is coming out later in the year. And if, if you want to delve further into this area, the, the documentary Horror Noir would be a great start that looks at black representation in, in horror movies. Now, all of these films that I've talked about aside from Scream, are rated 15 in the UK. And so there are great examples for older young people to explore the issues around representation and to see themselves on screen. As I've said, the Chucky TV series is rated 18 in the UK, so it is only suitable to be watched by 18-year-olds, which I feel is a little bit of a shame because the series caters more to, to teenagers. And especially since the main characters are all 14 and 15 years old. And, and it would be a great talking point for teenagers. And my suspicion is that, that some teenagers will have already sought that out. The Fear Street trilogy is also a, a, a recent trilogy of horror films. They were released in 2021 across three weeks on Netflix last year. And they're a great film series which has LGBTQ plus characters at its centre. It was based around the, the R.L. Stein books of the same name. They are classified as 18s, again, because of the strong violent content, but because they are freely available on Netflix. I imagine some of the young people that you work with may have watched them, and, and, and so I'd encourage you to, to have a, a look at them or, or, or understand them a little bit better. If you'd like us to do a, a, a deep dive into that trilogy of films, then, then again, please do get in touch and, and we'll do that. So that's a little bit about representation and horror and specifically how we can use those movies within our youth work practice. Horror still has a long way to go but I do think out of any genre, regardless of your gender, sexuality, race or ethnicity, you're more likely to see yourself represented in a horror movie than in any other genre. 
And so it's another reason why I think horror movies are great for our youth work practice. So what do you think? Do you think representation is important? And are there horror films that you think that are particularly good at this? Or other genres? Feel free to let us know by following us on Twitter at RealFaithPod or like our Facebook group Real Faith Pod. If you like this episode, please help us out by rating the podcast and giving us a subscribe. Thanks for listening and look out for our next episode, our discussion on the new Scream film coming soon.